It's Friday the 5th of January. I'm Miranda Sawyer and I saw John Doe 36 on the NME stage in the 90s. Welcome back to, to Paper Cuts, the modern newspaper review, where we dump the UK press into a big pit and make them fight their way out using only their snappy headlines, their snarky politics and their columns on the life-changing benefits of wild swimming, air fryers and posh sex parties. And yes, this is the darkest work week of the year, but we're here to help. Now, here are the headlines for today's show. In it, Doe, the Epstein Files reveals the real names of all the John and Jane Doe's and Prince Andrew starts sweating, except he can't. Fade away and radiate. The Guardian reveals old beauty remedies and radium is involved. And double murder on the dance floor. Sophie Ellis Bexter's a hit with the TikTok generation and we're all for it. Welcome to Paper Cuts. We read the papers so you don't have to. Thanks for joining us on Paper Cuts, where we've still got the pics from the office Christmas party and no, we're not deleting. <laughs> I'm Miranda Sawyer and with me today, making his Paper Cuts debut, is host of TLDR News and committed tea drinker, it's Ben Blissett. <laughs> Hello, Ben. Hello. Hello. And also with us is host of the Way They Were podcast and inveterate coffee guzzler. It's Grania Maguire. Hiya, Grania. Where's my coffee? <laughs> <laughs> so what have we got on the front pages today? Ben, what do you have? Yes, I've got the Telegraph. Uh, they've got the headline, Navy has so few sailors that ships must be scrapped. Uh, I've also got the Guardian, which is going with the uh, more politicsy headline today with Labour will fight fire with fire. Uh, Starmer warns the Tories. Uh, I've got the I as well, uh, which is uh, no tax cuts for two years under Labour, hint Starmer. So they're hints. going with the... Yeah, hints. <laughs> hints. hints is the operative word Wink. there, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Definitely not um, committing, really. And then uh, doctors told NHS belongs to all of us, not just you. Uh, with the Times. The Times, yeah. There's a nice picture yeah. of Brittany, I have to say, on yes, The Guardian, isn't there? Is. there? Yeah, yeah, big she picture of amazing. Brittany, yeah. yeah so, that's, what story is that? Oh, that's you. That's her not returning to the music industry, apparently. But so We're sad, because she looks so good <laughs> in that picture. And you know why you, so Brittany fans will know when Brittany is shaking her hair, that means she's happy. Yes. <laughs> and it yeah, means she's yeah. happy, so it's it's good. She's in a good place. Yeah. She looks a little bit, you know, like those shots of big dogs with lots of hair, <laughs> yeah. you know, in the, in the water. Yeah. She looks yes. a little bit like that. Yeah. She looks like she's sticking her head out a car window. <laughs> <laughs> Going on to a better life. <laughs> okay. Um, so, Gronya, what do you have? Well, so there's a one big story that all the tabloids are covering. Mm. I wonder, can you guess which it is? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> so, Daily Mirror, they have top lawyer demands cops must probe Andrew sex claims. So, this is reacting to the Jeffrey Epstein list that's been released, the unredacted version of an investigation. It also has a, a picture of uh, Rishi Sunak with a chicken. Um, so they're referring to the fact that he said that there won't be an election early this year, but it just kind of looks like he's a new CBBC presenter, <laughs> uh, which kind of suits him, to be honest. And then The Sun also covering the same story. Time to give Andrew the chop, as Prince is named 69 I mean, come on. Come on. 60, even I think that's a bit too much. 69 times in Epstein dossier, the king is told he needs to to retire his brother from public duty. 
Daily Mail also covering that story. There's the infamous picture of Prince Andrew going for his romantic walk with Jeffrey Epstein <laughs> in 2011 in Central Park. And the headline is, No Way Back. Andrew will never return to royal fold after inverted commas, yeah. underage or orgy claims. And then the Daily Star... UK on mega alert for return of the Donald. Wonks urge to draw up secret plans in case daft orange man baby is pres again and destroys New World Order. And this lovely picture of uh, Donald Trump with um, a soother. It's a mega warning. (laughs) Mega Mega warning. warning. Yeah. And the headline is quite weird, isn't it? The headline is Operation Oompa Loompa. Tie in with the Wonka film, I don't know. Yeah, it's also interesting because the star never puts the royals on the front. Isn't that and uh, what I thought? They've got another sort of like taking down a big hero headline. Was Marco Polo a big fibber and a faker? (gasps) I don't know. (laughs) Turn to the star and find out. I think we should have leaned more into the Wonka element with Trump on there. (laughs) He's very tall for an umpalumpa, though. It's the right colour. So, look, should we have a quick look at that mirror headline where he is with uh, a chicken, Chicken Sunak? What this is from is um, his uh, announcement or his hint yesterday that he's going to have the election in the autumn. The Mirror on Tuesday was asking for an election right now, although that wasn't going to happen. But a lot of people thought it was going to happen in the spring, didn't they? Yeah. Yes, there were sort of two times that they were talking about the election possibly being. So um, in law, the only time it really has to be done before is January next year. So we've got a little time before that. But there was a lot of talk about it possibly being May, possibly being sort of October, November. I think most people sort of agreed it was more likely to be October, November because it gives time for any sort of like mid-year tax cuts to actually kick in, maybe give the Tories a little bit more, uh, you know, help in the polls. You know, they're 20 points down at the minute and have mm. been consistently for about two years. So it gives them a bit of time to maybe re- regain that ground. Uh, so They're so optimistic. They are. They really are. When you're 20 points behind, you're going to have to hope for something pretty big. Um, But yeah, so it seems that he's sort of gone for the date that I think most people are expecting, which is later on. Uh, But the the reaction to that has been quite funny because some people are now saying, well, it's put to bed then. You know, it's obviously going to be, you know, later in the year. And some people saying, obviously, Sunak saying it's going to be later in the year just means it's more likely that it's probably going to be May. Uh, It's quite weird. Well, anyway, I mean, it will happen at some point. There was an interesting piece, a really short piece in The Times the other day that we spotted. And it was about, I'd never thought of this and I didn't even know it happened. And it's about how civil servants need to prepare for whoever is going to be in power after the election. So yeah. m- maybe it's going to be Labour. So what has to happen? What was it about? Yeah, so the UK is kind of a weird situation where if you win an election, um, the sort of the same day you just walk into government and you're expected to run the country. Mm. Um, so other countries, you know, like in the US, you'll have a little bit of time where you're president-elect and you, you have a little bit of time to, to, to get ready for government. So it's been convention since sort of the early 60s that the opposition party will meet with the civil service to try and sort of prepare, prepare to, you know, take over, figure out who's, you know, who's the top dog in each of the departments, uh, figure out their priorities for going into government. Um, but this is only really a convention. There's no sort of, uh, you know, definitive uh, way that this happens, sort of on the Prime Minister to just sort of decide uh, when and how. Usually it's about 16 months before the election, the opposition will go in. Obviously, if, you know, at the minute, the the latest the election can be is 12 months. So we're already running quite late. 
uh, Sunak hasn't yet given permission for Labour to go in. There's been no real sort of, uh, you know, uh, reports that Labour have actually asked yet. Uh, so sometimes the Prime Minister will sort of pre-authorise them to go in. Sometimes they'll wait for the opposition parties to actually ask. Uh, but at the minute, they haven't they haven't gone in. Um, Which so, means that if they win, it's yeah. going to be really disorganised. Yeah, and this is the other thing is obviously cost of living crisis. It's quite a difficult situation at the minute. You know, it should be even more important that they've sort of gone in and met the civil service and figure out what they're going to do in government. It seems likely that they're going to form the next government. It seems likely that they're going to win, given the polls. So it seems a bit ridiculous that they haven't they haven't already it's been so, in yet. It's so like talk. Rishi Sunak going, nee, 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 nee. I'm still going to be here. It's definitely going to happen. Yeah. You can't come and, you know, like look at the playroom. It's just like... <laughs> but it's so, it's just, I'm so confused. It's so unlike this government to make a decision <laughs> for political reasons that is bad for the country yeah <laughs> yeah it's really um, yeah what a what a shame so some of the papers as well they, they're sort of relying on this they, they, they keep pointing out that there's i think three shadow cabinet ministers at the minute who were in the previous brown blair government mm. uh, and they point out that in 97 no members had been in uh, of the shadow cabinet had previously been in the cabinet because it's been so long since they've been in, in government but it feels like that's such a sort of weak sort of defence as to why, why oh, this so is going on. Oh, so they meant to know how it works. Oh, so yeah, yeah. So oh, there's, a few, there's a few shadow cabinet. Yeah, yeah. Oh, don't worry. There haven't been for access talks yet. But there's some people that were in government 15 years ago. That's uh, mad. seems to be, was, yeah. Was there even Twitter then? Like, I feel like <laughs> the tech might have changed a little bit yeah. <laughs> the late noughties. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You What's think, that? <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's what they need to learn. <laughs> Now, smeared all over the front of the papers, like something very sticky and very unwanted, are the Epstein files, as the press is calling them. These are the papers from the defamation case brought by Virginia Giefer against Ghislaine Maxwell, Epstein's accomplice, in 2016. The case was settled, but then the Miami Herald sued to get the documents made public and the names in those documents have just been revealed. Previously, they were Jane Doe or John Doe. Anyway, prominent amongst these new names, new names, is the name of Prince Andrew. Ben, how many times does Andrew appear in the files? <laughs> well, uh, as some of the headlines have pointed out today, 69 times he was in there. Uh, it seems a little on the nose. Um, but, but yeah, so he, he's, he's been in there. But a lot of the sort of accusations that have been brought up, we've sort of known a little bit about before. It was this sort of really awful story about his his spitting image puppet and 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 all this. So, uh, what the the documents being released seem to to have done is just got that story back in in, in the headlines. Mm. Um, Prince Andrew over Christmas, sort of, he he was with the royals. He did the the, the sort of photos going to Sandring, in Sandringham over Christmas. It seems like Charles has been feeling a little bit like he, he can bring Andrew a little bit more, you know, close to him, you know, bring him back a little bit. And it seems like the papers are using this as an opportunity to sort of like criticise him, make sure that Andrew is kept out of public life. Um, so it's interesting because a lot of the right wing papers, so like the Telegraph, um, you know, the Times, none of them, none of them are, mm. are, are defending Andrew today. None of them are, are, are you know, putting out a defence for him. There's, there's been none of that. All the papers seem to be sort of unanimous in that he should be sort of kept away from public life, criticising him. Um, you know, uh, the sun has gone with time to give Andrew the chop. Uh, mm. Mirror, um, cops must probe Andrew's sex claims. Mail, no way back. Like, then, there's no ambiguity here. None of them are in favour. No one's providing a defence. Yeah. Uh, and it's funny, isn't it? Because it's like the papers almost um, like showing their muscles. 
Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like we've decided and actually we're all united. You can't bring him back. It doesn't matter if he's your brother. It doesn't matter yeah. that you let him wear some ridiculous ceremonial robe at the, cor- at the coronation. Yeah. You know, it doesn't matter that we've decided we like Fergie. He can't come back. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. that's the deal, isn't it? Gronya, you're quite interested in the Fergie angle, aren't you? I just, I'm just <laughs> so happy for her. I'm so happy for her. I feel like she's earned this. She has earned this. I just feel she's having a real well well, well moment <laughs> because the British royal family were so horrible to her. They were horrendous. They, they, they're all stupid posh people. No, they're not, one are not more elegant than the other. Just because she had a bit of personality, she had a very expressive face. They were like, oh, she's so gaudy and ridiculous. No, you're all gaudy and ridiculous. And say what you like about her, she stood by Andrew. I mean, decades she stood by Andrew. They were so mean to her. And she always she always had really nice things to say about the Queen. She never slagged any of them off. Yeah. All her memoirs, she brought out loads of memoirs because she had to hustle because she was a messy queen. <laughs> and she spent too much. <laughs> she definitely spent, she spent too much. much. You know why she spent too much? She got married to Andrew and then he just like flew off in a little helicopter and she didn't see him for three years. And she <laughs> but she did write a book about the helicopter so it was all right. She had to hustle. She wrote Budgie the Little Helicopter. She was Weight Watchers. She, for one time, she just seemed to talk about apples the whole time. She was like, I just eat an apple. She hustled. She worked more than the rest of that family Put together, and they were they they wouldn't even invite her to be Kate and William's wedding. Right. It was so mean, and now they need her. And bless her little heart, she's a woman who loves too much. She'll probably take him back. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's Fergie, guys. That's she's our Sarah. She's the only way of Andrew coming back, isn't she? Really, oh, because she's so kind of. Delicious, isn't it? Just, I love it. I love this for her. She is too good for him. She's too good for the lot of them. But, you know, it's what she wants. And, you know, if I was her friend, I'd be like, Fergie, just walk away. But I know it's what she wants. So I'm happy for her. And they are lucky to have her. (laughs) Anyway. (laughs) Back to the Epstein Files. So Fergie, luckily not named in the files. She wouldn't have been, of course not. But there are other famous people. There's a bit, there's a few kind of drive-bys in the files, I feel Mm. like. So there's quite a lot of people that are mentioned, but they're they're nothing to do with the sex. So there's like, I mean, actually, weirdly, Donald Trump, Mm. um, he's mentioned by Joanna Soberg, who's another one of the young women. And she says, look, she never saw him have sex with anyone. He didn't even get a massage. massage. They just stopped to play at his casinos in Atlantic City because the weather was bad. And a lot of people seem to have been mentioned because Epstein is just a massive name dropper. So we've got Al Gore. I mean, I'm just, oh, just going to list them because it's funny. Yeah. Al Gore, Leonardo DiCaprio, Kate Blanchett, Cameron Diaz, Bruce Willis, Naomi Campbell, Michael Jackson, um, David Copperfield and Stephen Hawking. With that one, Epstein says he came to the island, but he didn't take part in an orgy. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, all the others are just... It's always good to have that clarified. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So clarified. You know yeah, that yeah. was so excited about that? Bloody little Eddie Redmayne. He was like, there's a Stephen Hawking sequel in that. <laughs> another Oscar. Eddie's getting another. Film, yeah. Yeah. But anyway, all these people are kind of mentioned because Epstein, just even when he was getting massages from these young women, would like be on the phone, put the phone down and go, that was like, you know, somebody really famous. It's, he's just revolting. But I do feel like we should look at one other person that has come up quite a lot 
in the Epstein files. Uh, he comes up 73 times, so he beats Prince Andrew. And that is, who is it, Grania? William Jefferson Clinton. Mm, it's, yeah. I, thought, I just find it really fascinating. You know the way you've got Trump derangement syndrome, where it's his followers, no matter what comes out about him, they'll be like, no, he's amazing, I love him. And I really do think, like, liberal, left-wing, left-wing in inverted commas, people kind of have like a Bill Clinton derangement yeah. syndrome mm. because even when I was reading it, I was like, oh, yeah, so he's been brought up more times, you know, than Prince Andrew. And yes, there's been a lot of like really legitimate stories about him sexually assaulting women. Lots of women have come forward, been interviewed, given really emotional testimonies. He ruined a young woman's life, yeah. you know, like it's a miracle that Monica Lewinsky survived what happened to her, and yet that all that information is in my head. But at the same time, I'm like, oh, the saxophone. Yeah. <laughs> well, he did that from the Oval Office as well. And this wasn't like after he was he was. This was while he was he was president. This this whole scandal broke. Yeah. Like this is people have known about this for for like you know two decades at this point, um, which is which is just madness. Like yeah. it's, it's it's you know you talk about these people that sort of hide in plain sight and all this. Like it's hiding in plain sight from from the Oval Office for, yeah. for so long. It's mm. yeah. yeah really, I have to say, really saxophone weird. does nothing for me, and I've never <laughs> liked it. <laughs> I don't like his hokey charm. I don't like the fact that he only likes young women. I think he wrecked Hillary. I don't like the man. <laughs> now, here at Paper Cuts, we love a quick and nifty headline. Snappy, happy and ASAPI are the headers that make our day. And we know you love them too, which is why every Friday is Fix the Headline Day, when we find a great story with a not-so-great headline and ask you, the lovely Papercuts listeners, to think up something better. This week, we found a piece on page 23 of The Star. Remember the man-dog who competed in a dog agility competition? <laughs> what do you mean you don't remember him? <laughs> he looked fantastic. He looked like Lassie. <laughs> um, well, that could be you for the modest fee of £11,000. The Star's headline for this story is... Be a dog for 11K. (laughs) (laughs) Not very good, really. We know you can do better. So why not send your better headline to us on X or Threads using the hashtag FixTheHeadline and you might be in with a chance of winning a highly coveted Papercuts t-shirt to wear for the entire month of January along with your comfiest tracky bottoms while ensconced on the sofa like a much-loved cushion. Just send your ideas in and we'll read the best ones out on Monday. What about today? Do we have any good headlines? Gronya, what do you have? Well, these headline writers really are back from their Christmas break. Okay, this is good to hear. They're full of New Year pep. Uh, So in the Daily Star, there's a story by pop legend. Tony Hadley has moaned that his audiences are getting bigger and he can tell by the jumbo-sized undies they chuck at him. (laughs) (laughs) That's classic! (laughs) Headline is Spandau... Belly. Oh my God, that's brilliant. Great great story. Great headline. He Um, must keep them then. Don't you think he must keep them and grade them for sizes? (laughs) Then, uh, also in the Daily Star, Viagra could be a thing of the past as boffins, friend of the pod, (laughs) boffins, have developed a gadget to enhance erections uh, using radio frequencies. Headline is Radio. Gah, gah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, they're so back. 
Brian moment <laughs> early in the pod. And then also in the star, they've got the hat trick when mm. it comes to me this morning. True alien encounters are being ruined by cranks who fake abductions. What? Cranks fake abductions? I can't believe this! Yeah. <laughs> People investigating ET experience say the nuts believe they could earn millions from their lies, ruining it from everybody else. The headline is Space Shits. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Lying ET nuts out to cash in. Very forceful language there. Yes, very true. Well, it is the star's kind of meat and two veg, isn't it? <laughs> okay. Um, ben, you have the sun. Yeah, so quite early on, they're um, doing one here, uh, which is a brummy waking up with a Geordie accent. So they talk about um, this person, um, Verity Wentz. Uh, she's, they make clear very early on that she's only been to Newcastle once, as if if she's been multiple times, that it's justified. Um, but yeah, apparently she woke up with a migraine one morning, um, spoke to her mum, and uh, her mum sort of realised that her accent had changed. So the uh, the headline that they've gone with is Speaky Blinder. Uh, very good. Which is, which is strong. Which I is wonder strong. if she'll change back. Yeah, well, apparently it's she's still got the accent, so um, yeah, she's wow. having to go and see a neurologist and all of this. But apparently, she said she's quite happy. With well, it's the, quite a cute accent. Yeah, yeah, Newcastle yeah, exactly. All right. Yeah, yeah. It's quite cute. All the accents to switch to, I think. George yeah, is I think terrible. she's all right. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then later on, uh, we move to uh, the news that the Spice Girls are featuring in a 30th anniversary uh, celebratory uh, stamp collection. Of course. Oh, yeah. Why would they not be? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Our true queens. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently they're the first band to, to be given that that very deep honour, I imagine. Wow. Uh, so I, there's quite a few different sort of puns you could go with, with mm. sort of Spice Girls uh, songs. But they go with, say you'll be there in two working days. Um, <laughs> Uh, which, which isn't too bad. I think the posh stamp should be slightly more expensive. Yes. <laughs> that should be first class. Yeah, yeah. yeah definitely. definitely. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, and then a little bit later on as well, uh, they're leaning into some of the sort of culture war side of things. So they uh, talk about Star Wars, Star Wars fans' fury at a feminist uh, director, mm-hmm. um, which, oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, and they talk about, they, they sort of quote a Star Wars fan here as well, saying that um, Star Wars is about to get its final woke nail in the coffin. Uh, and someone says, I would rather sit through 70 showings of The Phantom Menace than have to endure seven seconds of any Star Wars film directed by this woke activist. Oh, my uh, God. So <laughs> imagine that's what, for Star Wars fans, counts as sort of strong language using <laughs> Phantom Menace. Yep. Uh, and they've gone with Chewie is now a Wookiee as the headline. Oh. Uh, a Wookiee or a Wokey? Oh, Wokey. I read that one, yeah. That's better. It's better yeah. as Wokey. Well, you should be Wookies now a Wokey. Whatever. Thought, yeah, yeah. Now, here's a pretty classic piece in The Guardian Online about the methods women used to use to look better in ye olden days. Uh, this is from Emma Beddington. She's one of The Guardian's funniest writers, I think, actually. And she's written about such things before... Anyway, we love, like this feature, don't we, Gronje? Oh, there I are love some it. very good ways, fun ways to look good. <laughs> Which ones did you like? Well, can I just say, I know it was written as a ha-ha, people in the past were crazy, but while reading it, I, part of me was thinking, I wonder, did, did it work? <laughs> <laughs> Only they bring it did up it, now. Did it never work? <laughs> uh, so this is, uh, you know, there's so much pressure, January, New Year, New You. Well, it's always been thus. So mm. here are some of the old... Uh, uh, girls from the past what they used to to keep it looking good apparently uh, renaissance women 
And by the way, we mean people from like the 15th, 16th century, not Beyonce <laughs> to her fans. <laughs> be it, be, uh, Renaissance women used to use ground arsenic and lead in their skin products. Right, fair enough. To get a, a lovely pale complexion. Mm. Romans apparently were heavily into hair removal and at a site in Shropshire, they found large amounts of tweezers lying everywhere. Because they just used to have to get rid of their hair. Yeah, like apparently girls and boys both were, armpit hair was a big no-no in Roman times. Wow, that's quite interesting. I have to say also, there's an, there's an aspect of that Renaissance woman using arsenic and lead, which I quite liked. So they had arsenic and lead and this mm. was like, uh, they used them skin products, but they also used them to slowly poison their husbands. <laughs> <laughs> You know, just as an off product. Yeah, <laughs> I look fabulous and you don't. <laughs> Can't think why. I'm getting hotter and hotter from my next husband <laughs> while you are dying very quickly. <laughs> Be marketed as dual use then. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, you know, oil of Ule or Oile or whatever it's bloody called, they should say, well, you know, work on your wrinkles and get rid of that lying useless shit that you're married to. What other ones do you like? Um, so there was an electric corset mm. that was popular in the 1890s that apparently was not only, so corsets were not only like slowly compressing your chest and cracking your ribs there was an electrical element to it I think it sounds quite good you know like a kind of like a heated blanket <laughs> do you know what I mean for, for winter you know you wrap yourself up in a blanket and switch it on an electric corset <laughs> upright <laughs> yeah it helped with lots of things they said um, so they said the it helped with constipation mm. And that you would feel wonderfully better. Uh, the chest is audited in its healthy development, uh, i.e., makes your boobs bigger. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so what it seems to do is basically—I hate to say, to say this, but squeeze out your poo <laughs> and boof up your breasts. I mean, what's not to like? <laughs> Also, uh, in the 1920s, if you fancied doing, you know, changing your hair, an option available to you was a radium perm. Wow. Okay. So, so if you didn't want really blonde as well. <laughs> uh, it added, so uh, you could also have a radium bath salts, radium toothpaste and radium makeup remover. Wow. To take the whole of your face off. <laughs> Just like that. <laughs> There's something mentioned in this uh, this feature which I really like, and I actually would like to find it. I might look on eBay. Mm. It's an 1874 beauty Bible called The Ugly Girl Papers, <laughs> which is absolutely brilliant title. I mean, it makes you think it's like a 10 Things I Hate About You. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It should be yeah. a film. Yeah. And the chapter headings, which should be on T-shirts, Hope for Homely People, <laughs> Brief Madness, that's another film, and The Best. Easier to be magnificent than clean. Oh my god. <laughs> that, that one god. in particular needs to be on a t shirt. Doesn't it? It's yeah. like a motto for the rest of the year, don't you yeah. think? Yeah. Like, sod all this stuff, you know, don't even wash, just be magnificent. <laughs> that... I can definitely see that in a stocking at Christmas. Like, yeah. that, that is. It's that a good is one, right? a Florence yeah. and the Machine album. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> I mean, they're all quite funny, but I do wonder a little bit why, about, you know, I mean, there's lots of. Uh, poisons involved mm. and and kind of things that you know really might hurt you, like an electric corset. But it's not that different from today, is it? Really, if you look at like what, what what's in the papers today, mm. what is kind of assumed to be all right to make yourself beautiful, it's not that different, is it? 
No, no. I mean, you know, things like Botox and things like that, like that happens, I'm sure, in a few hundred years time. You know, people looking back, it'll be in one of their articles that yeah. someone's doing a podcast about and reviewing. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Botox is literally a poison. Yeah. Yeah. And you're, you're, you're shoving in. There's so many bits that people do now that seem to be quite... I don't know. They're quite relaxed about. They seem like almost like torture methods to me. But I love them. <laughs> <laughs> I love them so much. I'm so, I'm so like it's. I'm so glad I'm not rich because if I was rich, honest to God, within a year you wouldn't recognise me and I wouldn't notice or care. I just love it. it I just, I that whole like. Botox, then you know your vampire facials, yeah. where your skin is punctured just to just to go. It's it's science's way of saying to your skin, "Wake up, bitch! <laughs> Make some more collagen, you stupid idiot! Do better!" Yeah, and I just love. It. I feel like it's obviously it's very complex, and you know, there's so much we say about the patriarchy, whether it's like taking advantage of you know how women are judging by our appearance, blah blah blah. But what I will say is, I feel so passionately about this. I feel like up until about five years ago, there was this cliche that oh my god, women age so badly, and men just get sexier as they get older. That is no longer true. Mm. If you look at women like past the age of forty. They look amazing. They look so good. And men, I hate to say it, they age, they look like busted couches. <laughs> they look so bad. They look so bad. And that is not true. I think that if you were to say to young, like somebody in their, their teens now, who ages better, is women age better, 100%. And that is thanks to all this shit that we're putting in our skin and I thank science for it. <laughs> Thanks to excellent hair dye and PRP. <laughs> um, there's also a lovely story uh, that we found today um, about Sophie Ellis-Bexter, who, I mean, you know, who cannot love Sophie Ellis-Bexter? Um, her track, Murder on the Dance Floor, has reached number one on the US Spotify Viral 100 chart, which is a Good. I mean, she's number mm. one, which is great. Um, this was first released in 2001, and it only got to number two in the real charts because it was held back by, this is a travesty, Daniel Bedingfield's got to get through this, which is appalling. But anyway, so she got to number two there. Now she's on number one on the US Spotify viral 100 chart because the TikTok generation have rediscovered this track haven't they been? Why? Yeah, well, I've been reliably <laughs> informed, I haven't seen it, but I've been reliably informed that um, it's in quite a crucial scene in Saltburn. Uh, so, you know... I Shall think, we describe crucial? Yeah. <laughs> yes, yeah. Uh, yeah. When everyone says, says like, yeah, it's a, like an important scene, you just know <laughs> somebody's got the cock out. <laughs> and that's correct, right? Yeah, yeah. In this situation, that's exactly what's happened. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, so, was he... I haven't actually seen it, so... You, Gron, yes. I think so you're the I only have, one who, who yeah, has. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have, I have, I've visited Saltburn. Yes, and who <laughs> has got their hoo-ha around? So my spiritual cousin, mm. little Barry Keoghan, mm. who, uh, so it's a, a very sort of important scene at the end of the film where he celebrates an achievement mm. and he celebrates it, like all wise people, by bopping <laughs> to Sophie Alice Bexter, <laughs> you know, in a kitchen. <laughs> yeah, quite right. Yeah, you should do it. said he does it with nothing on. Yeah. Great. This is the reason for me to watch Saltburn. I was really put off it, but I like Barry. <laughs> I especially love Barry um, because I like the fact that, I mean, he's a great actor. I've seen him in, you know, he was great in Top Boy. He's great in The Banshees and Insurance. He's great in Calm with Horses. He's absolutely brilliant. 
but I kind of slightly fell in love with him when he went to London Fashion Week in a baggy houndstooth tracksuit and he became the king of my heart. (laughs) He did look great in it, to be fair. Oh, man, he looked so good. He looked absolutely brilliant. I I mean, against all these other kind of grime stars who were looking fantastic, he just came in in his houndstooth trackie and he stole the show. He's just, I love his, his, he's got this odd, wrinkly little face. Yeah, he's brilliant. But he's got such... I mean, that guy has... What's that word again? He's got riz. Oh, he's Barry definitely got riz. has riz. Yeah. <laughs> he's riz-tastic. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes, all power to Barry, although apparently his accent's not very good in the film. Listen, he's a sh- he's he does sort of a Sean Connery style performance of a Scouse accent, right? <laughs> yeah. You know, like when he, what was the film The Untouchables, where yeah. Sean Connery's American and in inverted commas, he's sort of a reference. He's just sort of a nod to Liverpool, wherever he's supposed to be from. But yeah. he's he's Barry. Yeah, that's fine. The Barry is allowed. And that's the end of today's paper cuts. Thanks to Gronya. Oh, we're dedicating this to Barry. (laughs) (laughs) And thanks to Ben. Thank you, thank you. And if you want to chase away the first week blues, then why not join the Papercut Supporters Club? It's a bargain. Just £3 a month gets you ad-free episodes and extended editions, plus the chance to get your mitts on some gorgeous Papercuts mugs and T-shirts. And then you will be happy and funny and able to drink your beverage of choice whenever you blinking well want. Just follow the links in the show notes. I've been Miranda Sawyer and you've been listening to Papercuts on a day when the star reveals that Brits are factoring their bedroom activities into their workout regimes. (laughs) Which means at least it'll all be over and done with quickly. (laughs) See you on Monday! Papercuts was presented by Miranda Sawyer with Ben Blissett and Gronny Maguire. The group editor was Andrew Harrison. The executive producer was Martin Boytosh. The managing editor was Jacob Jarvis. And the producers were Liam Tate, Adam Wright and me... Alex Reese. Socials by Jess Harpin, Kieran Leslie, and Mike Bollin. Art direction by James Parrott and Modern Toss. Music by Simon Williams. Paper Cuts is a Podmasters production. Grey's Anatomy, the most iconic binge worthy drama, is back along with answers to the biggest cliffhangers. Will Teddy survive? Will Joe and Link finally find happiness together? Meredith returns along with fan faves like Arizona. You can now stream every episode of Grey's ever on Hulu and new episodes next day. Watch the season premiere of Grey's Anatomy tonight at 9, 8 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. It's Friday the 5th of January. I'm Miranda Sawyer and I saw John Doe 36 on the NME stage in the 90s. Welcome back to, to Paper Cuts, the modern newspaper review, where we dump the UK press into a big pit and make them fight their way out using only their snappy headlines, their snarky politics and their columns on the life-changing benefits of wild swimming, air fryers and posh sex parties. And yes, this is the darkest work week of the year, but we're here to help. Now, here are the headlines for today's show. In it, though, the Epstein Files reveals the real names of all the John and Jane Doe's and Prince Andrew starts sweating, except he can't. Fade Away and Radiate, 
The Guardian reveals old beauty remedies and radium is involved. And double murder on the dance floor. Sophie Ellis-Bexter's a hit with the TikTok generation and we're all for it. Welcome to Paper Cuts. We read the papers so you don't have to. Thanks for joining us on Paper Cuts, where we've still got the pics from the office Christmas party and no, we're not deleting. <laughs> I'm Miranda Sawyer and with me today, making his Paper Cuts debut, is host of TLDR News and committed tea drinker, it's Ben Blissett. <laughs> Hello, Ben. Hello. Hello. And also with us is host of the Way They Were podcast and inveterate coffee guzzler. It's Grania Maguire. Hiya, Grania. Where's my coffee? <laughs> <laughs> so what have we got on the front pages today? Ben, what do you have? Yes, I've got the Telegraph. Uh, they've got the headline, Navy has so few sailors that ships must be scrapped. Uh, I've also got the Guardian, which is going with the uh, more politics-y headline today with Labour will fight fire with fire. Uh, Starmer warns the Tories. Uh, got the I as well, uh, which is uh, no tax cuts for two years under Labour, hints Starmer. So they're hints. going with the. Yeah, hints. <laughs> hints. hints is the operative <laughs> word Wink. there, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Definitely not um, committing, really. And then uh, doctors told NHS belongs to all of us, not just you. Uh, with the Times. The Times, yeah. There's a nice picture yeah. of Brittany, I have to say, on yes, The Guardian, isn't there? Is. there? there is, yeah, yeah. Big she picture looks amazing. of Brittany, yeah. yeah. So, that's, what story is that? Oh, that's you. That's her not returning to the music industry, apparently. That's, so We're sad, because she looks so good <laughs> in that picture. And you know why you... So Brittany fans will know when Brittany is shaking her hair, that means she's happy. Yes. <laughs> Generally, it yeah, means she's yeah. happy, so it's it's good. She's in a good place. Yeah. She looks a little bit, you know, like those shots of big dogs with lots of hair, <laughs> yeah. you know, in the, in the water. Yeah. She looks yes. a little bit like that. Yeah. She looks like she's sticking her head out a car window. <laughs> <laughs> Going on to a better life. <laughs> okay. Um, so, Gronya, what do you have? Well, so there's a one big story that all the tabloids are covering. Mm. I wonder, can you guess which it is? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> so, Daily Mirror, they have top lawyer demands cops must probe Andrew sex claims. So, this is reacting to the Jeffrey Epstein list that's been released, the unredacted version of an investigation. It also has a, a picture of uh, Rishi Sunak with a chicken. Um, so they're referring to the fact that he said that there won't be an election early this year, but it just kind of looks like he's a new CBBC presenter, <laughs> uh, which kind of suits him, to be honest. And then The Sun also covering the same story. Time to give Andrew the chop, as Prince is named 69 I mean, come on. Come on. 60, even I think that's a bit too much. 69 times in Epstein dossier, the king is told he needs to to retire his brother from public duty. Daily Mail also covering that story. There's the infamous picture of Prince Andrew going for his romantic walk with Jeffrey Epstein <laughs> in 2011 in Central Park. And the headline is, No Way Back. Andrew will never return to royal fold after inverted commas, yeah. underage or orgy claims. And then the Daily Star, UK on mega alert for return of the Donald. Oh. Wonks urge to draw up secret plans in case daft orange man baby is pres again and destroys New World Order. And this lovely picture of uh, Donald Trump with um, a soother. Did it's a mega interest. warning. <laughs> Mega warning. Yeah. And the headline is quite weird, isn't it? It's op the headline is Operation Oompa Loompa. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't it 
to tie, on, tie in with the Wonka film. I yeah. don't know. Yeah, it's also interesting because the star never puts the royals on the front. Isn't that and uh, mm. what I thought? They've got another sort of like taking down a big hero headline. Was Marco Polo a big fibber and a faker? <gasps> I don't know. <laughs> Turn to the star and find out. <laughs> Okay. I think we should have leaned more into the Wonka element with Trump on there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's very tall for an Oompa Loompa, though. It's the right colour. Um, so, look, should we have a quick look at that mirror headline that they called where he is with uh, a chicken, Chicken Sunak? What this is from is um, his uh, announcement or his hint yesterday that he's going to have the election in the autumn. The Mirror on Tuesday was asking for an election right now, although that wasn't going to happen. But a lot of people thought it was going to happen in the spring, yeah. didn't they? Yeah. Yes, yeah, so there were sort of two times that they were talking about the election possibly being. So um, in law, the only time it really has to be done before is January next year. So we've got a little time before that. But there was a lot of talk about it possibly being May, possibly being sort of October, November. I think most people sort of agreed it was more likely to be October, November because it gives time for any sort of like mid-year tax cuts to actually kick in, maybe give the Tories a little bit more, uh, you know, help in the polls. You know, they're 20 points down at the minute and have mm. been consistently for about two years. So it gives them a bit of time to maybe re regain that ground. Uh, so They're so optimistic. They are. They really are. When you're 20 points behind, you're going to have to hope for something pretty big. Um, but yeah, so it seems that he's sort of gone for the date that I think most people are expecting, which is later on. Uh, but the, the reaction to that has been quite funny because some people are now saying, well, it's put to bed then. You know, it's obviously going to be, you know, later in the year. And some people saying, obviously, Sunak saying it's going to be later in the year just means it's more likely that it's probably going to be May. Uh, wow. So It's so, quite weird. It's, it's, well, anyway, I mean, it will happen at some point. Yeah. There was an interesting piece, a really short piece in The Times the other day that we spotted. And it was about, I'd never thought of this and I didn't even know it happened. And it's about how civil servants need to prepare for whoever is going to be in power after the election. So yeah. m maybe it's going to be Labour. So what has to happen? What was it about? Yeah, so the UK is kind of a weird situation where if you win an election, um, the sort of the same day you just walk into government and you're expected to run the country. Mm. Um, so other countries, you know, like in the US, you'll have a little bit of time where you're president-elect and you, you have a little bit of time to, to, to get ready for government. So it's been convention since sort of the early 60s that the opposition party will meet with the civil service to try and sort of prepare, prepare to, you know, take over, figure out who's, you know, who's the top dog in each of the departments, uh, figure out their priorities for going into government. Um, but this is only really a convention. There's no sort of, uh, you know, definitive uh, way that this happens, sort of on the Prime Minister to just sort of decide uh, when and how. Usually it's about 16 months before the election, the opposition will go in. Obviously, if, you know, at the minute, the, the latest the election can be is 12 months. So we're already running quite late. Uh, uh, Sunak hasn't yet given permission for Labour to go in. There's been no real sort of, uh, you know, uh, reports that Labour have actually asked yet. Uh, so sometimes the Prime Minister will sort of pre-author Authorise them to go in. Sometimes they'll wait for the opposition parties to actually ask, uh, but at the minute they haven't. They haven't gone in, um, which so, means that if they win, it's yeah. going to be really disorganised. Yeah, and this is the other thing: is obviously cost of living crisis. It's quite a difficult situation at the minute. It, you know, it should be even more important that they've sort of gone in and met the civil service and figure out what they're going to do in government. It seems likely that they're going to form the next government. It seems likely that they're going to win given the polls. So it seems a bit ridiculous that they haven't they haven't already it's been so, in yet. It's so like talk. Rishi Sunak going, nee, 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 I'm still going to be here. It's definitely going to happen. Yeah. You can't come and, you know, like look at the playroom. It's just like... <laughs> but it's so, it's just, I'm so confused. It's so unlike this government to make a decision <laughs> for political reasons that it's bad for the 
country. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's really um, yeah. What a what a shame. Some some of the papers as well. They they're sort of relying on this. They, they they keep pointing out that there's I think three shadow cabinet ministers at the minute who were in the previous. Brown Blair government, uh, and they point out that in '97, no members had been in uh, of the shadow cabinet had previously been in the cabinet because it'd been so long since they'd been in, in government. But it feels like that's such a sort of weak sort of defence as to why, why oh, this so is going on. Oh, so they meant to know how it works. Oh, so yeah, yeah. So oh, there's, a few, there's a few shadow cabinet. Yeah, yeah. Oh, don't worry. There haven't been for access talks yet. But there's some people that were in government 15 years ago. That's uh, mad. Which seems to be. Was, yeah. was there even Twitter then? Like, I feel like <laughs> the tech might have changed a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> the late noughties. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You think that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's what they need to learn. <laughs> now, smeared all over the front of the papers, like something very sticky and very unwanted, are the Epstein files, as the press is calling them. These are the papers from the defamation case brought by Virginia Giefer against Ghislaine Maxwell, Epstein's accomplice, in 2016. The case was settled, but then the Miami Herald sued to get the documents made public and the names in those documents have just been revealed. Previously, they were Jane Doe or John Doe. Anyway, prominent amongst these new names, new names, is the name of Prince Andrew, Ben. How many times does Andrew appear in the files? <laughs> well, uh, as some of the headlines have pointed out today, 69 times he was in there. Uh, it seems a little on the nose. Um, but, but yeah, so he, he's, he's been in there. But a lot of the sort of accusations that have been brought up, we've sort of known a little bit about before. It was this sort of really awful story about his his spitting image puppet and and, and all this. So uh, what the the documents being released seem to to have done is just got that story back in in, in the headlines. Mm. Um, Prince Andrew over Christmas sort of he he was with the royals. He did the the, the sort of photos going to Sandring, in Sandringham over Christmas. It seems like Charles has been feeling a little bit like he, he can bring Andrew a little bit more, you know, close to him, you know, bring him back a little bit. And it seems like the papers are using this as an opportunity to sort of like criticise him, make sure that Andrew is kept out of public life. Um, so it's interesting because a lot of the right wing papers, so like the Telegraph, um, you know, the Times, none of them, none of them are, mm. are, are defending Andrew today. None of them are, are, are you know, putting out a defence for him. There's, there's been none of that. All the papers seem to be sort of unanimous in that he should be sort of kept away from public life, criticising him. Um, you know, uh, the sun has gone with time to give Andrew the chop. Uh, mm. Mirror, um, cops must probe Andrew's sex claims. Mail, no way back. Like, then, there's no ambiguity here. None of them are in favour. No one's providing a defence. Yeah. Uh, and it's funny, isn't it? Because it's like the paper's almost um, like showing their muscles. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like we've decided and actually we're all united. You can't bring him back. It doesn't matter if he's your brother. It doesn't matter yeah. that you let him wear some ridiculous ceremonial robe at the, cor at the coronation. Yeah. You know, it doesn't matter that we've decided we like Fergie. He can't come back. Mm -hmm. That's yeah. that's the deal, isn't it? Gronya, you're quite interested in the Fergie angle, aren't you? I just, I'm just <laughs> so happy for her. I'm so happy for her. I feel like she's earned this. She has earned this. I just feel she's having a real well, well, well moment. Because the British royal family were so horrible to her. They were horrendous. They, they, they're all stupid posh people. No, they're not... 
one are not more elegant than the other. Just because she had a bit of personality, she had a very expressive face. They were like, oh, she's so gaudy and ridiculous. No, you're all gaudy and ridiculous. And say what you like about her, she stood by Andrew. I mean, decades she stood by Andrew. They were so mean to her. And she always she always had really nice things to say about the Queen. She never slagged any of them off. Yeah. All her memoirs, she brought out loads of memoirs because she had to hustle because she was a messy queen and she spent too much. <laughs> she definitely spent, she spent too, too much. much. You know what? She spent too much. She got married to Andrew and then he just like flew off in a little helicopter and she didn't see him for three years. And she <laughs> but she did write a book about the helicopter, so it was all right. She had to hustle. She wrote Budgie the Little Helicopter. She was Weight Watchers. She, for one time, she just seemed to talk about apples the whole time. She was like, I just eat an apple. She hustled. She worked more than the rest of that family put together. And they were they, they wouldn't even invite her to bleak. Kate and William's wedding. Right. It was so mean. And now they need her. And bless her little heart, she's a woman who loves too much. She'll probably take him back. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's Fergie, guys. That's she's our Sarah. She's the only way of Andrew coming back, isn't she, really? Oh, because she's so kind of... Delicious, ridiculous. isn't it? Just, <laughs> I love it. I love this for her. She is too good for him. She's too good for the lot of them. But, you know, it's what she wants. Yeah. And, you know, if I was her friend, I'd be like, Fergie, just walk away. But I know it's what she wants. <laughs> so I'm happy for her. And they are lucky to have her. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Back to the Epstein Files. <laughs> So Fergie, luckily not named in the files. She wouldn't have been, of course not. not. But there are other famous people. There's a bit, there's a few kind of drive-bys in the files, I feel Mm. like. So there's quite a lot of people that are mentioned, but they're they're nothing to do with the sex. So there's like, I mean, actually, weirdly, Donald Trump. Mm. um, He's mentioned by Joanna Soberg, who's another one of the young women. And she says, look, she never saw him have sex with anyone. He didn't even get a massage. massage. They just stopped to play at his casinos in Atlantic City because the weather was bad. And a lot of people seem to have been mentioned because Epstein is just a massive name dropper. So we've got Al Gore. I mean, I'm just, oh, just going to list them because it's funny. Yeah. Al Gore, Leonardo DiCaprio, Kate Blanchett, Cameron Diaz, Bruce Willis, Naomi Campbell, Michael Jackson, um, David Copperfield and Stephen Hawking. With that one, Epstein says he came to the island, but he didn't take part in an orgy. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, all the others are just... It's always good to have that clarified. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So you clarified know why yeah, I bet yeah. we're so excited about that? Bloody little Eddie Redmayne. He was like, there's a Stephen Hawking sequel in that. <laughs> another Oscar. Very Eddie's getting film, another... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But anyway, all these people are kind of mentioned because Epstein, just even when he was getting massages from these young women, uh, 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 would like be on the phone, put the phone down and go, that was like, you know, somebody really <sighs> famous. It's, he's just revolting. But I do feel like we should look at one other person that has come up quite a lot in the Epstein Files. Uh, he comes up 73 times, so he beats Prince Andrew, and that is, who is it, Grania? William Jefferson Clinton. Mm, it's, yeah. I, th- I just find it really fascinating. You know the way you've got Trump derangement syndrome, where it's his followers, no matter what comes out about him, they'll be like, no, he's amazing, I love him. And I really do think, like, liberal, left-wing, left-wing in inverted commas, people kind of have like a Bill Clinton derangement syndrome. Because even when I was reading it, I was like, oh, yeah, so he's been brought up more times, you know, than Prince Andrew. And yes, there's been a lot of like really legitimate 
stories about him sexually assaulting women. Lots of women have come forward, been interviewed, given really emotional testimonies. He ruined a young woman's life, you know, like it's a miracle that Monica Lewinsky survived what happened to her. And yet that all that information is in my head, but at the same time I'm like, oh, but the saxophone. Yeah. <laughs> well, he did that from the Oval Office as well. And this wasn't like after he was he was pre- this was while he was he was president, this this mm. whole scandal broke. Yeah. Like this is people have known about this for, for like, you know, two decades at this point. Um, which is which is just madness. Yeah. Like it's 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 you know, you talk about these people that sort of hide in plain sight and all this. Like it's hiding in plain sight from from the Oval Office for, yeah. for so long. It's mm. yeah, yeah really, I have to say really saxophone weird. does nothing for me and I've never <laughs> liked it. <laughs> I don't like his hokey charm. I don't like the fact that he only likes young women. I think he wrecked Hillary. I don't like the man. <laughs> now, here at Paper Cuts, we love a quick and nifty headline. Snappy, happy and ASAPI are the headers that make our day. And we know you love them too, which is why every Friday is Fix the Headline Day, when we find a great story with a not-so-great headline and ask you, the lovely Papercuts listeners, to think up something better. This week, we found a piece on page 23 of The Star. Remember the man-dog who competed in a dog agility competition? (laughs) (laughs) What do you mean you don't remember him? (laughs) He looked fantastic. He looked like Lassie. (laughs) Um, Well, that could be you for the modest fee of £11,000. The star's headline for this story is... Be a dog for 11K. (laughs) (laughs) Not very good, really. We know you can do better. So why not send your better headline to us on X or Threads using the hashtag FixTheHeadline and you might be in with a chance of winning a highly coveted Papercuts t-shirt to wear for the entire month of January along with your comfiest tracky bottoms while ensconced on the sofa like a much-loved cushion. Just send your ideas in and we'll read the best ones out on Monday. What about today? Do we have any good headlines? Gronya, what do you have? Well, these headline writers really are back from their Christmas break. Okay, this is good to hear. They're full of New Year pep. Uh, So in the Daily Star, there's a story by pop legend. Tony Hadley has moaned that his audiences are getting bigger and he can tell by the jumbo-sized undies they chuck at him. (laughs) (laughs) That's classic! (laughs) Headline is Spandau... Belly. Oh my God, that's brilliant. Great great story. Great headline. He Um, must keep them then. Don't you think he must keep them and grade them for sizes? (laughs) Then, uh, also in the Daily Star, Viagra could be a thing of the past as boffins, friend of the pod, (laughs) boffins, have developed a gadget to enhance erections uh, using radio frequencies. Headline is Radio. Gah, gah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, they're so back. <laughs> my little Meg Ryan moment early in the pod. And then also in the star, they've got the hat trick when mm. it comes to me this morning. True alien encounters are being ruined by cranks who fake abductions. What? Cranks fake abductions? I can't believe <laughs> <Yeah>. this. 
People investigating ET experience say the nuts believe they could earn millions from their lies, ruining it from everybody else. The headline is Spaceships. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Lying ET nuts out to cash in. Very forceful language there. Yes, very true. Well, it is the stars kind of meeting two veg, isn't it? <laughs> okay. Um, ben, you have the sun. Yeah, so quite early on, they're um, doing one here, uh, which is is a brummy waking up with a Geordie accent. So they talk about um, this person, um, Verity Wentz. Uh, she's, they make clear very early on that she's only been to Newcastle once, as if if she's been multiple times that it's justified. Um, but yeah, apparently she woke up with a migraine one morning, um, spoke to her mum, and uh, her mum sort of realised that her accent had changed. So the uh, the headline that they've gone with is Speaky Blinder. Uh, very good. Which is, which is strong. Which I is wonder strong. if it'll change back. Yeah, well, apparently it's she's still got the accent, so um, yeah, she's wow. having to go and see a neurologist and all of this. But apparently, she said she's quite happy. With well, it's the, quite a cute accent. Yeah, yeah, Newcastle yeah exactly. Right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's quite cute. Oh, the accents to switch to, I think. George yeah, is I think terrible. she's all right. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then later on, uh, we move to uh, the news that the Spice Girls are featuring in a 30th anniversary uh, celebratory uh, stamp collection. Of course. Oh, yeah. Why would they not be? Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> Our <appara> true queens. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently they're the first band to, to be given that that very deep honour, I imagine. Wow. Uh, so I, there's quite a few different sort of puns you could go with, with mm. sort of Spice Girls uh, songs. But they go with, say you'll be there in two working days. Um, <laughs> Uh, which, which isn't too bad. I think the posh stamp should be slightly more expensive. Yes. <laughs> that should be first class. Yeah, yeah. yeah definitely. definitely. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, and then a little bit later on as well, uh, they're leaning into some of the sort of culture war-y side of things. So they uh, talk about Star Wars, Star Wars fans' fury at a feminist uh, director, mm -hmm. um, which, oh yeah... Uh, and they talk about, they, they sort of quote a Star Wars fan here as well, saying that um, Star Wars is about to get its final woke nail in the coffin. Uh, and someone says, I would rather sit through 70 showings of The Phantom Menace than have to endure seven seconds of any Star Wars film directed by this woke activist. Oh, my uh, God. So <laughs> imagine that's what, for Star Wars fans, counts as sort of strong language using <laughs> Phantom Menace. Yep. Uh, and they've gone with Chewie is now a Wookiee as the headline. Oh. Uh, a Wookiee or a Wokey? Oh, Wokey. I read that one, yeah. That's better. It's better yeah, as Wokey. Yeah. Well, you should be Wookies now, a Wokey. Whatever. Thought, yeah, yeah. Now, here's a pretty classic piece in The Guardian Online about the methods women used to use to look better in ye olden days. Uh, this is from Emma Beddington. She's one of The Guardian's funniest writers, I think, actually. And she's written about such things before... Anyway, we love, like this feature, don't we, Gronje? Oh, there I are love some it. very good ways, fun ways to look good. <laughs> Which ones did you like? Well, can I just say, I know it was written as a ha-ha, people in the past were crazy, but while reading it, I, part of me was thinking, I wonder, did, did it work? <laughs> <laughs> Only they'd bring it did up it, now. Did it never work? <laughs> uh, so this is, uh, you know, there's so much pressure, January, New Year, New You. Well, it's always been thus. So mm. here are some of the old... Uh, uh, girls from the past what they used to to keep it looking good apparently uh, renaissance women and by the way we mean people from like the 15th 16th century not Beyonce tour fans <laughs> be, be, uh, renaissance women used to use ground arsenic and lead in their skin products right fair enough to get a, a lovely pale complexion mm. 
Romans apparently were heavily into hair removal and at a site in Shropshire, they found large amounts of tweezers lying everywhere. Because they just used to have to get rid of their hair. Yeah, like apparently girls and boys both were, armpit hair was a big no-no in Roman times. Wow. That's quite interesting. I have to say also, there's an, uh, there's an aspect of that Renaissance women using arsenic and lead, which I quite liked. So they had the arsenic and lead and this mm. was like, uh, they used them skin products, but they also used them to slowly poison their husbands. <laughs> 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 you know, just as an off product. Yeah, <laughs> I look fabulous and you don't. <laughs> Can't think why. Well, I'm getting hotter and hotter from my next husband <laughs> while you are dying very quickly. <laughs> It can be marketed as dual use then. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, you know, oil of Ule or oil or whatever it's bloody called, they should say, well, you know, work on your wrinkles and get rid of that lying useless shit that you're married to. What other ones do you like? Um, so there was an electric corset mm. that was popular in the 1890s that apparently was not only, so corsets were not only like slowly compressing your chest and cracking your ribs, there was an electrical element to it. I think it sounds quite good. You know, like a kind of like a heated blanket. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? For, for winter, you know, you wrap yourself up in a blanket and switch it on. An electric corset. <laughs> Upright. <laughs> yeah, it helped with lots of things, they said. Um, it, so they said the it helped with constipation. Mm. And that you would feel wonderfully better. Uh, the chest is audited in its healthy development, uh, i.e., makes your boobs bigger. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so what it seems to do is basically, I hate to say, to say this, but squeeze out your poo <laughs> and boof up your breasts. I mean, what's not to like? <laughs> Also, uh, in the 1920s, if you fancied doing, you know, changing your hair, an option available to you was a radium perm. Wow. Okay. So, so if you didn't want really blonde as well. <laughs> uh, it added, so uh, you could also have a radium bath salts, radium toothpaste and radium makeup remover. Wow. To take the whole of your face off. <laughs> Just like that. <laughs> There's something mentioned in this uh, this feature which I really like, and I actually would like to find it. I might look on eBay. Mm. It's an 1874 beauty Bible called The Ugly Girl Papers, <laughs> which is absolutely brilliant title. I mean, it makes you think it's like a 10 Things I Hate About You. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It should be yeah. a film. Yeah. And the chapter headings, which should be on T-shirts, Hope for Homely People, <laughs> Brief Madness, that's another film, and The Best. Easier to be magnificent than clean. Oh my <laughs> that, that one God. in particular needs to be on a t-shirt. Doesn't it? It's yeah. like a motto for the rest of the year, don't you yeah. think? Yeah. Like, sod all this stuff, you know, don't even wash, just be magnificent. <laughs> that, I can definitely see that in a stocking at Christmas. Like, yeah. that, that is... It's that a good is one, right? a Florence yeah. and the Machine album. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> I mean, they're all quite funny, but I do wonder a little bit why, about, you know, I mean, there's lots of... Uh, poisons involved mm. and and kind of things that you know really might hurt you, like an electric corset. But it's not that different from today, is it? Really, if you look at like what, what what's in the papers today, mm. what is kind of assumed to be all right to make yourself beautiful, it's not that different, is it? No, no. I mean, you know, things like Botox and things like that, like that happens, I'm sure, in a few hundred years' time. You know, people looking back, it'll be in one of their articles that yeah. someone's doing a podcast about and reviewing. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Botox is literally a poison. Yeah. Yeah, and you're, you're, you're shoving in. There's so many bits that people do now that seem to be quite, 
I don't know. They're quite relaxed about. They seem like almost like torture methods to me. But I love them. (laughs) (laughs) I love them so much. I'm so, I'm so like it's. I'm so glad I'm not rich because if I was rich, honest to God, within a year you wouldn't recognise me and I wouldn't notice or care. I just love it. it. I just, I that whole like. Botox, then you know your vampire facials, yeah. where your skin is punctured just to just to go. It's it's science's way of saying to your skin, "Wake up, bitch! <laughs> <laughs> Make some more collagen, you stupid idiot! Do better!" <laughs> yeah, and I just love. It. I feel like it's obviously it's very complex, and you know, there's so much we say about the patriarchy, whether it's like taking advantage of you know how women are judging by our appearance, blah blah blah. But what I will say is, I feel so passionately about this. I feel like up until about five years ago, there was this cliche that oh my god, women age so badly, and men just get sexier as they get older. That is no longer true. Mm. If you look at women like past the age of forty. They look amazing. They look so good. And men, I hate to say it, they age, they look like busted couches. <laughs> they look so bad. They look so bad. And that is not true. I think that if you were to say to young, like somebody in their, their teens now, who ages better, is women age better, 100%. And that is thanks to all this shit that we're putting in our skin and I thank science for it. <laughs> Thanks to excellent hair dye and PRP. <laughs> um, there's also a lovely story uh, that we found today um, about Sophie Ellis-Bexter, who, I mean, you know, who cannot love Sophie Ellis-Bexter? Um, her track, Murder on the Dance Floor, has reached number one on the US Spotify Viral 100 chart, which is a good. I mean, she's number one, which is great. Um, This was first released in 2001 and it only got to number two in the real charts because it was held back by, this is a travesty, Daniel Bedingfield's got to get through this, which is appalling. But anyway, so she got to number two there. Now she's on number one on the US Spotify viral 100 chart because the TikTok generation have rediscovered this track haven't they been? Why? Yeah, well, I've been reliably informed, <laughs> I, I haven't seen it, but I've been reliably informed that um, it's in quite a crucial scene in Saltburn. Uh, so, you know... Should think- we describe crucial? Yes, <laughs> yes, yeah. Uh, yeah. When everyone says, says like, yeah, it's a, like, an important scene, you just know <laughs> somebody's got the cock out. <laughs> and that's correct, right? Yeah, yeah, in this situation, that's exactly what's happened. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, so, the, was he... I haven't actually seen it, so... You, I think so you're the I only have, one who, who yeah, has. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have, I have, I've visited Saltburn. Yes, and who <laughs> has got their hoo-ha around? So my spiritual cousin, mm. little Barry Keoghan, mm. who, uh, so it's a, a very sort of important scene at the end of the film where he celebrates an achievement mm. and he celebrates it, like all wise people, by bopping <laughs> to Sophie Alice Bexter, <laughs> you know, in a kitchen. Yeah, quite right. Yeah, you should do it. said he does it with nothing on. Yeah. Great. This is the reason for me to watch Saltburn. I was really put off it, but I like Barry. <laughs> I especially love Barry um, because I like the fact that, I mean, he's a great actor. I've seen him in, you know, he was great in Top Boy. He's great in The Banshees and Insurance. He's great in Calm with Horses. He's absolutely brilliant. 
but I kind of slightly fell in love with him when he went to London Fashion Week in a baggy houndstooth tracksuit and he became the king of my heart. (laughs) He did look great in it, to be fair. Oh, man, he looked so good. He looked absolutely brilliant. I I mean, against all these other kind of grime stars who were looking fantastic, he just came in in his houndstooth trackie and he stole the show. He's just, I love his, his, he's got this odd, wrinkly little face. Yeah, he's brilliant. But he's got such... I mean, that guy has, what's that word again? He's got riz. Oh, he's Barry definitely got riz. has riz. Yeah. <laughs> he's riz-tastic. Yeah. <laughs> so, yes, all power to Barry, although apparently his accent's not very good in the film. Listen, he's a he's he does sort of a Sean Connery style performance of a Scouse accent, right? <laughs> yeah. You know, like when he, what was the film The Untouchables, where yeah. Sean Connery's American and in inverted commas, he's sort of a reference. He's just sort of a nod to Liverpool, wherever he's supposed to be from. But yeah. he's he's Barry. Yeah, that's fine. Barry is allowed. Good news, your favourite history nerds are back. Yes, we at We Are History have been trawling the history shelves of our local bookshops. Well, I have, John. You mostly went round finding your books and moving them to the front of the displays. If I can find them, it's a bonus. We are ready to tell you all about what we've learned, from the revolting French to some revolting women. Via some Brits abroad and a foul-mouthed Irishman. So, download We Are History. Our laughable attempt at a silly history podcast. With me, John O'Farrell and me, Angela Barnes. Wherever you get your podcasts. And that's the end of today's paper cuts. Thanks to Gronya. Oh, we're dedicating this to Barry. <laughs> <laughs> and thanks to Ben. Thank you, thank you. And if you want to chase away the first week blues, then why not join the Papercut Supporters Club? It's a bargain. Just £3 a month gets you ad-free episodes and extended editions, plus the chance to get your mitts on some gorgeous Papercuts mugs and T-shirts. And then you will be happy and funny and able to drink your beverage of choice whenever you blinking well want. Just follow the links in the show notes. I've been Miranda Sawyer and you've been listening to Papercuts on a day when the star reveals that Brits are factoring their bedroom activities into their workout regimes. (laughs) Which means at least it'll all be over and done with quickly. (laughs) See you on Monday! Papercuts was presented by Miranda Sawyer with Ben Blissett and Gronya Maguire. The group editor was Andrew Harrison. The executive producer was Martin Boytosh. The managing editor was Jacob Jarvis. And the producers were Liam Tate, Adam Wright and me... Alex Reese. Socials by Jess Harpin, Kieran Leslie, and Mike Bollin. Art direction by James Parrott and Modern Toss. Music by Simon Williams. Paper Cuts is a Podmasters production. <laughs>